Lori McDevitt of Advocacy for the Special Ones in Your Life has been a certified special education advocate for 30 years. Lori brings her wealth of knowledge and experience to the IEP team, partnering with parents to navigate the process of special education. In this podcast series, Lori speaks with colleagues from the educational field, addressing a variety of issues. Her hope is that these conversations will both inform um, and so inspire everybody. parents. I am Lori McDevitt at Advocacy for the Special Ones in Your Life, and I'm a special education advocate and a special education teacher. So essentially, I attend meetings with parents and just help them to navigate the whole system of special needs. And I'm here today with Jen Haston. She is an author, she's a speaker, she's a mother, and I think she's a dynamic human being. Um, she is. Um, she coins herself as a dynamic professional presenter with 10 years of speaking experience who provides inclusive and growth-based presentations. She can either do this virtually or in person. She's also a cultural leader who motivates and inspires teams with a collaborative spirit and focuses on meeting personal and professional goals and accomplishing great things with folks around the globe. So I first met Jen Haston um, when I heard her give an amazing speech called Just the Right Size. And I reached out to her and said, you are somebody I want to know. I think she has a great message that can be geared toward children and adults alike. And Jen, thank you so much for joining us in a podcast today. It's a pleasure, Lori. I'm so delighted to be here. Good. Well, I will give you just a few moments and let you introduce yourself in your own words, you know, just as authentically as you can. I know you're an author, a speaker, and a mother, but you are so much more. So (laughs) tell us a little bit about yourself, Jen. Well, I am definitely excited to have the opportunity to introduce myself. I'm a speaker, I'm a trainer, I'm a coach, and something that I really specialize in is helping people and uh, organizations to live their best life at work, um, at home, and everywhere in between. And the way that I do that is I help people focus on work-life balance, which certainly falls in the heading of parenting, Um, thinking about things like... um, you know, what's the best approach for talking to your kids, depending on the age that they're at, uh, depending what level they're at, and understanding that every kid is different. Uh, It's a really important piece of uh, my parenting, and I'm sure most of your audience, uh, their parenting too. Absolutely. Um, Especially in the world of special education, you know, we believe that everybody is an individual, and they should be treated that way, and they should be planned that way, and there are no two carbon copies. And so, yeah, I think we're absolutely on the right page and um, the right path today. So I think there's a couple of things we want to talk about. You know, for sure, Jen is going to talk about parenting. You know, she's going to talk a lot about that. And then I do want her to address a little bit about just the right size. And then she's also going to share with us how she um, got her Instagram handle um, of Haston helping hands. And so those are kind of our three broad topics. And uh, Jen, go ahead and take it away. Tell us a little bit about, you know, parenting and what that means to you. Okay. Well, I think anybody listening is going to think about parenting and parenting experts and the people that you listen to or the people that you follow on Instagram or TikTok and things like that. And one of the things I know is that no matter how many letters you have behind your name, 
Nobody is a parenting expert. None of us are experts. We're all wildly experimenting. And sometimes we, we hope that things don't blow up, right? <laughs> and when they do, we have to clean it up, which is a big piece of uh, my individual parenting. I, I was relaying a story to Lori about something that happened um, a couple of weeks ago with my kiddo. Um, it was getting cold for the first time and we were heading outside and she needed to put her gloves on. And I was just, I was getting so upset with her. And we have a term in our house called snappy turtle. So it's like when somebody's getting clipped with their words or it's just getting a little bit tense. And I was getting a little snappy turtle with her. And so, cause she was taking a long time to do it. And so I, I, I snapped at her a little bit. And then I said, oh, you know, I'm really sorry. Let's let's go outside and maybe you try it on your own. And if you need help, I'm here. And sometimes it just takes that moment to step back and say, you know what? I am not showing up in a way that lines up with my values. I'm not showing up in a way that lines up with the kind of parent that I want to be. And um, I have a background of, you know, being a survivor of childhood trauma. So the stakes are even higher to be sure that I'm parenting well and breaking those generational trauma cycles. And so it's really important for me to breathe. And it sounds like such a simple piece of advice, but it's something that I would tell everybody out there. In fact, I would even say right now, you're listening to this, don't close your eyes, but breathe. Take a minute and just breathe. And now breathe out. Already, you're so much more calm, right? And it's just something that we talk about in our house a lot is like, if you've got those big feelings, it's like making it okay for the kid to have the big feeling and to, you know, say, okay, where are we right now? And like, what's going on for you? And, you know, and sometimes asking that question is really overwhelming, especially for, you know, kids that are on the spectrum. And so you have to really tailor your approach, no matter what it is that you see some expert doing. They're all using a hodgepodge of what they've learned, what they've tried, and what works. And I think one of the most frustrating part of parenting is that what works at four o'clock on a Tuesday does not work at six o'clock on a Tuesday <laughs> or really any other time. So <laughs> you have to constantly model what you want them to do. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. And, you know, we just all have this, we want to be there for our kids. We want to love our kids. And it takes a lot out of us. So it's really important that we replenish, right? And that we tag team people in when we're feeling overwhelmed. And I'm lucky enough to have such a supportive partner and, you know, single parents, you know, you can outsource that and get babysitting and find babysitting circles. Um, and I think it, it's just really, really crucial to make sure that you have a way to get a break because it's just really hard work. Yeah. Well, thank you for that, Jen. I think that that is just really affirming that I think parenting is one of the hardest jobs any of us will ever do um, as parents. And we don't get it right all the time. You know, using your similar phrase, you know, snapping turtle. Um, I had my own situation yesterday where my daughter used my phone charger. Now, I don't know what it's like in your house, but my my phone charger is sacred. It is mine. I have two of them, one upstairs, one downstairs. They're not to be touched. They are not to be touched. I am the mother and I need to know where they're at. at <laughs> and my daughter moved it for whatever reason. And I was angry, like just and now I'm looking back laughing <laughs> like I I was angry, you know, and I'm just like, in our household, we use the acronym HALT, 
you know, are you hungry, angry, lonely, or tired? Halt. And looking back, I was tired and I was angry. I was hungry and my foot hurt. And so it was just this, you know, trifecta, you know, scenario going on and I was not happy with her. Um, but we were able to talk that through and as, as nicely as I said, you know, we don't mess with mom's phone charger. Like, like let's just, you know, let's just learn that and, and be done with it. You know, that type of the thing. Um, but then afterwards I was like, oh my gosh, why did I like freak out so badly? You know, but I was hungry. I was tired. I was sore. And I just had one of those days, you know? So I do think we got to ask kind of for, you know, a mulligan, a do-over, a, you know, snapping turtle and understanding whatever verbiage your family has um, to say, hey, I'm, I might not have been at my best in that moment. <laughs> in our family, we have something called a retake. Um, and because we have such a theatrical background in this family, I particularly enjoy it, which is that, hey, we need to retake that. Like, what was your tone? Okay, let's retake that. Can you do that again? And a lot of times that's all you need. Um, and the thing that you're talking about with HALT, that's such an excellent acronym. We use that in our house too. And it's amazing to me how much it informs, right? If you were hungry, if you were angry, if you're lonely or tired, four of them, even one of them can impact the intensity with which you respond to something. And like today I had to go to the dentist and I had stuff that I had to get done on my teeth. And so it automatically amplified everything else that happened today, right? And so I was conscious of that and going, okay, so I need to take a little bit more time when I'm responding to this email. I need to take a little bit more time when I interact with my kid a little bit later because it's still hurting a little bit, right? So it's like this idea that we have to be really in touch with where we are and check our temperature before we start, you know, parenting. Absolutely. And I think, you know, again, doing do-overs or retakes or, you know, just like take two, you know, <laughs> like I, and I can see that, like, you know, Absolutely. being very dramatic, like being on stage, <laughs> like, you know, take two, take three, take four, take five, you know, and another um, term I used with my children, um, instead of constantly what it felt like telling them what they were doing wrong, you know, I just simply and very calmly would say, could you say that differently? Could you say that differently? Could, That's a could great you, one. Could you just That's say great. that differently? Yeah. <laughs> um, just to allow them the opportunity to check their tone, check their, you know, who they're talking to, check their demand system, check whatever was going on. And I too say, hey, let me say that differently, you know? And so I think what I love about you, Jen, is that just the, it's just authentic parenting. It's just saying, hey, let's give ourselves a break. Let's give ourselves the opportunity to do over. Um, and sometimes we have children who will remind us to do it differently and they will remind us to take a breath and they will, you know, and those are just some really precious times because they're modeling what we've modeled we've for them. them. Exactly. Absolutely. A hundred percent. And the thing that you're talking about with like the phone charger, it sounds like, you know, why did I get that? Well, you know, we have things in our house called non-negotiables, right? So our non-negotiables in this household are safety self-care, respect, and hygiene, which means hygiene, you got to take a bath, you got to brush your teeth, there are things you got to do for that. Self-care, you got to make your bed, you got to clean your room. Um, respect, you're not going to talk back. Safety, you have to wear your car seat, you can't just run across the street. So it's all built into everything else is negotiable. A big thing that works in our household 
is giving choices. Do you want to take a bath um, first or do you want dinner first? I don't really care. I have zero attachment, but both of those things are going to get done. So that's why I'm giving you a choice of which one you want to do first, but we are going to do both. Correct. And I think oftentimes when parents hear choices, um, or even some teachers I've heard, you know, the choice isn't, do you want a detention or do you want to change your tone? Like, that, <laughs> that's not quite the, the choice we're talking about. It's a win-win for both people, very similar to what you say. You win when the child eats and takes a bath, and you know what? They win. But they get the power and they get the decision making when they get to choose when. And so it's it's very, you know, again, it, I don't want to say it's very simple because it's not. You have to think it through. But do you want to wear the blue socks or the green socks? Do you want to wear the pajamas with the trains or with the, you know, character on them? It's a choice that. Yeah, that is that you have to do the pre-work of like, okay, did I do the laundry? So now the laundry has done so I can give you a choice between the train pajamas or the dinosaur pajamas. Absolutely. Absolutely. But it's, it's, it's giving, it's empowering them. It's, it's giving them a sense of ownership, of choice, of um, control. And I think that is really helpful in a household, especially when students are feeling lack of control for whatever reason, you know, and I think oftentimes just you know, when we're in IEP meetings and we're writing accommodations and we're saying, hey, let's give them choices, um, we literally want to train to say it's a win-win. It's, it's, it's exactly either one needs to be okay with the parent. We cannot get upset when they've chosen wrongly because it should be a win-win choice. And we want to be really clear with that, you know, in talking to parents to say it's not, you know, <laughs> one choice is the preferred choice. It's no, it's got to be the win-win. And I will say that I am an experimenter on this journey, just like every other person listening to this. And I definitely have my preferred choice in my brain and I have to let that go because yes, it would be more convenient if we take the bath first, but at the same time, she will usually choose the other choice. And I have to go, awesome, let's do that. And it's really difficult work. And I think that the more we talk about that, the better. And the more that we say to each other as parents, you know, it's not that perfectly curated life that I'm showing you on social media. I have such a, I have such a thing with that. Like I even have a hashtag stop posting perfection because I think we're all addicted to, oh, let me get that perfect angle, that perfect shot. And so what I've tried my best to do, and I'm not always good at this, is like take a picture with my heart and really take in that moment and maybe we'll get a picture and maybe we won't. But right now something sweet happens with my kid. Just the other day she did something so sweet and I was like, oh, I really wanna pick up the camera, but this is so sweet and so wonderful. And if I move, I'm gonna miss it. Yes. And I gotta soak it in. I gotta soak it in. Yeah, absolutely. And then you have that feeling and that moment to go back to and it's, it doesn't have to be captured on Kodak, you know, or, you know, for those of you who don't know what Kodak is, just let it go. But um. <laughs> it doesn't have to be on film. It doesn't have to be framed. It doesn't have to be filtered. It's literally your moment with your kid. Yeah. And as a photographer or, you know, amateur photographer, I love to capture candidates, you know, and that's exactly what you said is to capture the moment. Now I have a, I have a friend and she knows who she is. If she's listening, she takes a 
a hundred photographs to try to get the perfect photograph. And she gets that from her mother and she, <laughs> and she knows who she is. And it's it literally, by the time she takes the photo, there's such a grimace on everybody's face that they're no longer happy, you know? And, and so yeah. I think, I think letting go of that perfection and just, and, and I'm very similar. Like, I don't like my hair. I don't like my smile. I don't like this. I don't like that. And then you tell me, Lori, you're the perfect size. And I'm like, oh, I, I love you, Jen. <laughs> that in. I mean, that's just such a beautiful segue into we're just the right size, right? I mean, it's one of those things that I've been saying for a really long time, but it took me a long time to get there because I was told like everyone else, so you'd be so pretty if you could lose 10 pounds or you have such a pretty face, only if it was more defined or every magazine I looked at, every movie I watched had some perfection ideal that I had to reach. And then, you know, I, I really, really subscribed to all of that. And then one day I did a play that talked all about your body size at whatever size that you are. And it is really important to add this caveat. You are just the right size. That does not preclude you from working out because you want to, not because some bozo on social media says you need to lose weight. The amount of hate that people have towards people online is unbelievable. And it's one of those things that like, it can get a hold of your kids if you're not careful. It's a big part of my message is you are just the right size. I tell that to my kid. I've been telling her that since she was four. I really hope that it will stick and I hope that it continues to be something she listens to over media, over the movies and the television and the magazines. And it just starts earlier and earlier and earlier. So we have to get a hold of our kids and say, you are just the right size. Also, you are just the right student. You are just the right kid for exactly what it is that you are meant to do. Your path is meant to be your path. It is not for anyone else to walk. That means you might walk on that path. You might run on that path. You might crawl on that path. It's going to really vary depending on where where you are in your journey. And so often we don't give that the proper amount of time and attention to say, you know what, this is your plan and this is what you're going to do. And it's exactly right. There's no milestone that you need to hit. This is your plan for your life. And it's constantly changing, right? It's constantly adapting. We have to always be aware of, okay, this is where you are right now okay, great. Let's walk down that path or run down that path. Absolutely. And I just, I just want to take a moment and just literally repeat that, you know, for the parents who are out there, we want you to know that you are just the right size. You are just the right parent. You are just right right here in this moment you are just right and and i want us to really feel that jen and i want you to restate it i want the parents to know that your children and the children that i have grown to love in my advocacy business they are just right, just as they are. Just as you are. You are just the right parent. You are just the right size. You are just the right everything for your kid. 
They need you to be exactly who you are. Not that other parent that you see somewhere else, not that other parent you see at the PTA and think they've got all their stuff together. Let me tell you, they don't. You are just the right parent. You absolutely 100% are. And no one can parent your kid the way that you can parent your kid. Amen. Yeah, absolutely. So thank you for just taking a moment and just reinforcing that with the parents because I want us to be able to lift each other up and give hope and healing and to just reiterate that you are just right. So thank you for that moment. I appreciate that, Jen. And tell us a little bit about your um, handle, your hashtag, your helping hands. Tell us a little bit about that. And uh, maybe you can connect it to the other things we've spoken about, but that is another agenda item for today. Sure. So Haste and Helping Hands came about when I started writing my blog 10 years ago. And the goal was always to inspire one person every day. So it was kind of like I was reaching out my hand and I'm Haston, Haston Helping Hands. So the idea of that is that's also the handle for my coaching business. Um, I do a weekly message that comes out every Wednesday, which happens to be today, about being a better human in the world, uh, being a better parent. Um, I talk about some of my, my, uh, my failures and some of my successes. And I think that the longer I'm a parent, the more successes go in the success column and you build up that momfidence and that dadfidence and you kind of feel like, okay, I'm, I'm getting this down. And then just when you feel that success, another failure goes in the other line because you feel like, oh gosh, well, you know, I had that down, but then something stopped working with my kid and that's okay. That's part of the journey. And that's something I'm very clear on is that I am on this journey with everyone else who's doing this. I'm not an expert. I'm experimenting. And um, the Haste and Helping Hands is uh, definitely something that's important to me because it continually reminds me of my mission to inspire one person every day to live their absolute best life. Absolutely. Well, thank you for that. And, you know, I don't, I want to just kind of reiterate the fact that um, we just got done telling parents that they're just right, that right now in this moment, they're just right. However, with that being said, <laughs> if you want to move for improvement and if you want to do it, do it differently or whatever, or if you just need help, there are communities out there. But I think that even on this journey, we're all in the right spot in the journey. And sometimes it's three steps forward and two steps back or six steps back and three steps forward. It's not perfect. It's not linear. It, we, our children didn't come with a manual. They, they didn't come with a how-to book. And so it's our job to figure that out and hopefully we figure it out and we're able to write it and edit it and change it and make great versions of their little selves um, so that they too are so happy with themselves. So I just wanna, you know, even though Jen's blog is about, you know, um, improvement. We also want to just, um, and Jen, maybe you can share with this too. We're also okay right where you're at too. Like if you never Absolutely. improve <laughs> and this isn't your season for improvement, that's okay too. We're not, yeah. we're not shoving this down your throats. Right. It's really important. I'm glad you brought that up, Lori, because it's so important that 
yes, if you want to do something different with your life, that's always an option. And what you're doing right now is exactly what you need to do. You're exactly where you need to be. And whatever season you're in, that's exactly where you need to be. And wherever that is with your kid, that's exactly where you need to be. And I do encourage you if you want help to seek it because there's way more help out there than you think and feel free to say to other parents, you know, um, sometimes I find this hard. How about you? And I think you'd be amazed at the things that just they're so universal about parenting that just, you know, it's really hard. It's so hard. It's also full of joy and wonderful moments that, you know, you can't possibly predict and some that you never thought would ever happen to you. And it's just always a journey of joy and frustration. And it's, it's something that I'm really proud to be part of. Uh, it's, it's definitely one of the harder jobs that I've ever had in my life. And it's also the most rewarding. It's both of them. And I think it's really important to have an and conversation about it. It's and. It's rewarding and it's hard. It's exactly the what, it, what it needs to be. And if you want to do something different, that's also available. And, and if you want to, it's there. Yeah, I love that. So I think what I'm hearing you say, Jen, is that both things can coexist. That what she's literally saying is the word and. A-N-D, this and that, it doesn't have to be a choice at this point as far as parenting is concerned. And I think that's so absolutely, you know, worth hearing and worth repeating um, is that we can be exactly where we are and we can be okay with that. And we can do something different and we could read a blog or and we can improve or or maybe not, but but it doesn't have to be one or the other is what I'm hearing. And a quote that I absolutely love is, I am all at once a masterpiece and a work in progress. And I think that that is the best way to view parenting because you're constantly working at it and you're also perfect exactly the way you are. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. And, you know, in the world of, you know, IEPs and special ed, the IEP is always a fluid document. We can meet at any time and we can amend it and change it and make it more relevant. And we can add data and take data away and we can say, hey, this goal is met and we can add a new goal and we can check progress and we can you know, evaluate and find out something new. So I, I see that as the same way in our parenting journey as well, whether you're parenting a neurotypical or non, you know, neurotypical child, whether special ed, non-special, it doesn't matter. It's a parent. And I think our journeys um, with our children um, can be that fluid as well. I completely agree. I yeah, think it and, and leaning on others and opening the conversation to say it is hard. Even teenagers, I don't think that there's enough. I think we hear, oh yeah, toddlers, you know, are a handful. Teenagers are also a handful. <laughs> And I it's saw okay. Online that said that um, toddlers make teenagers look easy and teenagers make toddlers look hard. Yes. So I think it depends on what stage you're at. Um, and yes, I have definitely heard that before. And it's also easy to get stuck in those stereotypes too. And it's just like they can also be kind and loving. And, you know, it's just very easy to see it as one dimensional, right? Like it's it's back to the whole thing you were talking about with Halt. Like, if you're hungry, you're angry, you're lonely, you're tired, all of that snappiness is going to come out of you. And it's up to us to kind of 
you know, go, okay, where am I at right now? What is my temperature? Am I ready to encounter my child right now? Or do I need to take another minute or two before I go into the house or pick them up from school? You know, like take another minute and give yourself, I'm really big on boundaries and buffers, right? So if you have to be somewhere at 7.30 and you know your kid is not gonna be ready by 7.30, give yourself time and say, okay, we're gonna leave by seven. And then you might leave by 7.30. So I'm a big one for buffers because it gives you peace of mind um, maybe your kid doesn't care as much, but you do. And so when you have that peace of mind, it translates and it helps everything go smoother. Sometimes. Sometimes <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was starting to think I heard of another parent tell me something about how they were trying to take their five minutes to collect themselves before they went into the house, you know, and so forth. And they um, were sitting literally outside their house in their car, just trying to regroup before they go in to face their children and their kids are texting them and the moms are like hey i'll be home in five minutes and they're like you're lying you're sitting outside the house and, you know, so I, like, yeah, and I, I would be in the home in five minutes i'm well aware of the fact that i'm at home or in the vicinity of home but i was really hoping not to be in the home for another five minutes you know and yeah. I, you're talking about boundaries now right so it's yeah. like Kids are like the best boundary crashers ever, yes. which is why you have the non-negotiables. It's like, listen, we're going to discuss everything else, but these four things, they're not for discussion. So, um, you know, when I say self-care to her, I'm also talking about self-care for me. So I'll say, hey, mom's going to take some mom time tonight. Dad's going to take some dad time. And like you have Vivian time, which is my daughter's name. And so it's like that is built in. So it's something that she understands. So when we say I'm doing self-care for myself, which means I'm going to take myself to a movie, I'm going to go do my nails, whatever that is for you. By the way, those are really small things. It could be anything. It could be dancing to music that you love. It could be taking a class. It could be sitting in your car and reading a book a block away from your house. And yes, I have done that <laughs> because that you're not in the vicinity and you don't feel the pressure to walk in the house because you're home. Yes. So build these things in for yourself. So you have self-care and, you know, self-care gets a really bad rap. I think sometimes as selfish, but the truth is, is that it's actually self-full. You are making yourself fuller so you can be there for other people after being there for yourself first. Yes, absolutely. And I think it's a great way um, to teach that to our children. You know, what does self-care look like for a child? How can that child care for themselves? How, how can they stop and say, what do I need? Do I need food? Do I need quiet? Do I need attention? Do I need a hug? Do I need physical contact? What do I need? And teaching our children to do that is such a gift, but we need to model that. We need to figure it out ourselves. And I will be honest, I sometimes run a hundred miles a minute and I don't stop and say, okay, what do I need? What is the best way or what is a way? It doesn't have to be the best way for me to right. care for myself. And right. then how can I model that for my child? So yeah, I, I am fully aware of what I need to do. I don't always do it though. Well, sure. I mean, it's the same thing with anything else. It's like, yes, you need to do it, but where do you find the time? Oh, Jen, where do I find the time? Well, the thing is, is that it starts out small. It used to be five minutes at the end of my day, I would sit down and say, okay, what am I going to do tomorrow for self-care? Okay, nothing's going to happen tomorrow. My schedule is packed. But on Friday, I'm going to go take myself to a movie or something like that. But you make a plan for it. It's kind of like it's on your calendar. So you kind of have to honor the calendar. Yes. And so being in advance means you have it to look forward to. It helps 
So you, when you're having a rough time, you go, you know what? I've got that movie on Friday. I'm, I'm going to go by myself. There's not going to be anybody else there. I can get whatever candy I want, whatever popcorn I want. I'm going to get all the things that I want. And I'm going to be there by myself. And it's going to be lovely. One of my favorite forms of self-care. And to someone else, that might be torture. So it's really what you need and setting it up as a date with yourself, setting it up for that time. It really helps you to stay calm in those moments when you're feeling flooded. Absolutely. And I had a dad on a previous podcast and he talked to other dads about self-care and, and exactly what you said about um, building it into your schedule and your schedule with your partner or your your own schedule, you know, whatever version of that you have and just making sure that you are caring for yourself so that you in turn can put on the oxygen mask for others, you know, <laughs> that that whole adage of put on your own oxygen mask first, and it starts with self care. So I think that's a great way to end, you know, our time together here, Jen is just, you know, it's a gentle reminder. And, you know, my, you know, call to action for everyone today is, what is your next best step? What, what is your next best step for you? What is your next step? It doesn't even have to be your best step. What is a next step for you? Whether it comes to um, self-care or maybe, you know, adjusting something in one of your relationships, whatever, whatever is your next step. And that would be, you know, my call to action for you is figure it out, you know, and take some time and process that. And Jen, I'll give you the opportunity to share where you can be found. And I will reiterate where I can be found, but I can be found at advocacy for the special ones in your life.com. And feel free to reach out to me via email at Lori at advocacy for the special ones. And I will be more than happy to, um, you know, take an email from you, take a phone call from you, process this some more. And uh, just, I also kind of want to hear your victories in all of this as well to say, did this matter to you, you know, and, you know, to, to celebrate with you. Um, so Jen, go ahead and tell them how you, they can find you and then we will say goodbye. Well, first, I want to say thank you for the opportunity to share my message. I really appreciate that. Um, helping you inspire one person every day is still my goal. Um, you can find me most easily at Haston Helping Hands. That's H-A-S-T-O-N, Helping Hands. And that's at Instagram. And I post there often, but on Wednesday is when I do my message, uh, which is the Haston Helping Hands message. I also post it on YouTube, on my blog, and TikTok, but it's easiest to find me on Instagram because that's where I post the most. And remember, you are just the right size. You are just the right parent. And you are ex exactly what your kid needs. Don't doubt that. Amen. Well, thank you, everybody. And thank you so much, Jen. I hope everybody has a day that is filled with hope and healing.